Hi, I'm Neo Kitchen. Welcome to the last week of Gay for Pay Month on the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association. What happens when the host is just very overwhelmed and too depressed to write the script? Let's find out. I am joined this week uh, by two people for Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion who have reunions that are worse than going back to your high school one. First up, I remember our reunion at the Alamo Draft House when I was getting drunk and you came over and said, stop that, it's Amelia. <laughs> I think you also matched with my coworker, didn't you? <laughs> speaking of, speaking of which, if there is one reunion that I could think of that could p- potentially be eons worse than any high school reunion ever could be that would be a reunion where it's just you and every stupid asshole you've ever matched with on dating apps and hooked up with (laughs) that sounds like my worst nightmare and I can be found at the nefarious navigator on Instagram next up if you say to them reunion they think that you're talking about uh organizing unions. It's Ro. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Ro. And this week, I'm going to my uh, weekly group therapy reunion. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> Romy and Michelle is a movie about two friends, Romy and Michelle, going back to their high school reunion. Uh, spoilers ahead, to toot. Uh, so, what did y'all think of this movie? <laughs> it's I one think... of my favorite movies of all time. I have watched it two to four or five times a year, every year since it came out, and I had a VHS of it. So, um... I may have concerned my boyfriend with how much I quoted along... <laughs> Um, about you, Ro? I have not watched this movie extensively, actually. This is my very first time seeing it. And I'm actually surprised at... One, how relatable it is. Two, how absolutely little happens in this movie. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of, like, just fantasy. Whether it be, like... Well, not fantasy, but, like, um stories that aren't necessarily in uh the current time uh like the 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 present um yeah there's we, a lot of flashback and flash forward yeah that that fantasy was just like a very long portion of it and i kind of like the the um the um sort of like fake out that it did uh with that Although, like, telling someone, like, when you're, like, on your deathbed, you're the Rhoda is, like, kind of a, now a fantasy of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that reference, and I forgot to look it up. <laughs> I still don't know that reference, and I haven't looked it up either. <laughs> Amelia, what is that reference? The Rhoda? Yeah. I'm the, it's from the Mary Tyler Moore show. Because oh. they're talking about... Cause have y'all seen the Mary Tyler Moore show before? 
I know of it. No, but now that you say it, it makes sense. So yeah, Mary is obviously the main character, and Rhoda is like the main character's best friend. <laughs> that's that's the one where like she's walking through like downtown of a city, and she like throws her head off. And mm-hmm. looks, yep, that yeah. is that is the Mary Tyler Moore show, correct? I know that sequence, um, and it was a spinoff of some kind of other show that I I probably. Oh, uh, yeah, it had, I'm not sure if it's Danny DeVito, but it was a guy that looked like Danny DeVito um, in it. Yeah, we'll just go with the Danny DeVito show. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and let's talk about our main two pra- protagonists. Uh, first up is uh, Romy of Romy and Michelle. Um, do you think Romy deserves to have her name first, or is she second? I'd say she's first. Yeah, Romy's the one who does most of the doing in this movie. <laughs> Do go on. Which I I think then makes very much sense that it's Romy and Michelle and not Michelle and Romy. Um, do I think she's justified in calling herself Mary over Rhoda? Perhaps. <laughs> but, yeah, she seems like the... She's the smart one. She's the plan maker. She's the one who has ideas. <laughs> Whereas Michelle is the one who apparently knows the formula for post-it glue. Only in her dreams, though. <laughs> I was... I called almost immediately that it was a dream sequence, but also I was still pleasantly surprised that she was able to pull that out of her ass. <laughs> I'm like, wow, maybe Michelle is the smart one. And then everybody woke up and I'm like, no, it's Romy. <laughs> I kind of didn't like it at the end um, where she didn't really have anything to say like to like the high school bullies except for, yeah, you know, kind of thing. Um, especially after, like, the entire, um, like, fantasy sequence. Oh. Romy, if you'll remember, as I was saying earlier, is the plan maker and the doer of things. She is the Mary. (laughs) Yeah, but Michelle was the one who made the outfits that they wore, like, which are very, like, you know, Spice Girls. Like that, they have nice lines (laughs) (laughs) and a playful use of color. (laughs) I I swear I've seen that actress before, but I just don't. She's in a lot. She's the stepmom in the Parent Trap. She's in Superstar. She's the mean girl in that. She was kind of like an iconic like '90s set uh, villain in like a lot of comedies. I haven't seen any of them. (laughs) Oh, she's great. I love Elaine Cox. Cox, I think her name is. You haven't seen Lindsay Lohan and Lindsay Lohan in The Parrot Trap? <laughs> I'm going to be honest with y'all. The only Lindsay Lohan movies that I've seen... Elaine Hendricks. <laughs> the only ones that I've seen are Mean Girls, Herbie Fully Loaded, and I Know Who Killed Me, and The Canyons, but that wasn't by choice. Where so, were you in the 90s? <laughs> uh, in a hospital. Uh, so the other person that's in the title of Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion is Michelle, who is arguably, like, she, um, 
Lisa Kudrow was at the top of her, like, she was an exceedingly rising star at this point uh, because she was on Friends. She had a string of successful um, acting and recurring uh, characters before that. Um, And she was also, like, a pretty solid, like, and respected comedian who was talked into doing stand-up by John Lovitz. Um, so tell me about Michelle and why she's better than Romy. I mean, um, I think... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Ro. No, no, you go first. You go first. I mean, I think Michelle is just a little bit less fake. Like, obviously, you know, she just thinks, like, she's vibing. She, like, doesn't mind their life. She's, like, not trying to impress anybody. You know, she's just doing her thing. Romy's still kind of, like, stuck in high school in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, Michelle did say that, like, up until you said our high school life sucked, I had no idea that our high school life sucked. Because, like, I was hanging out with you the whole time, and I was having a blast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Michelle brings really, like, head-empty, no-thoughts energy, which is kind of great. Kudrow did a lot of these sort of, like, I don't want to say, like, ditzy, because obviously they have, you know, more thought capacity than, like, uh, that stereotype, but kind of, like, more airy, uh, almost like, I would believe that she does a lot of weed kind of thing, you know? Mm. I think it's friends. Romy's the cokehead, Michelle's the weed buddy. Yeah... No, honestly, I think it's, um, Friends has a lot to do with that. I mean, Phoebe is such a recognizable character in that she's, like, kooky and different and not like other girls. And (laughs) when you get that much natural attention playing a character like that, it's really easy to slide into more kooky and different roles. Yeah, I I'm, never actually saw Friends except for a few episodes, but that makes a lot of sense. I've never seen Friends except for the, what is it, like a smelly cat, smelly cat song. Uh, why are you so smelly? Oh, yeah. Why are I, you I think so that was on, smelly? I think that was like on a VH1 like flashback of like top TV musical moments or something. That reminds me my dog needs a bath tonight. <laughs> Wow, I never expected to be the person on this panel that has watched the most Friends. <laughs> it's because I don't have any friends. Uh, <laughs> speaking of friends in all the wrong places, um, so Janine Garofalo is in this, um, who is kind of like just yeah. a, let's be honest, like a lesbian icon. Um, Janine Garofalo is my queen. She and Marilyn Monroe... She's been doing a lot of stand-up recently, which mm-hmm. is, like, I love that for her. <laughs> if Marilyn Monroe didn't make you think you were into girls, Jereen Graflo is probably the person who did. Um, yeah, that and the craft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, yeah, nothing says lesbian fantasy like a young 90s Janine Garofalo just popping up in your movie. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, like, it's very... I didn't connect it until, like, the last time I watched it uh, about, like, the fast, like, smoke... uh, The fast-burning paper and then, like, the paper post-it notes 
being invented, like the connection there. Hmm. It makes sense. Like Romy has like just enough brain power to make that leap. <laughs> Although that cigarette looks like shit. <laughs> it did. Ladies deserve better. They deserve pink cigarettes. Um, or Virginia Slims. Just really long and skinny for no reason. But perfect for smoking classy. on a porch in Virginia. <laughs> those wouldn't have smoked so fast, though, would they? I mean... Circumference-wise, maybe. I... yeah. <laughs> well, whether you're circumferenced or not, we support you. Um, um, we don't cons- condone or suggest the smoking of tobacco, though. And if you do that, you do so at your own risk. <laughs> yes. That's from our legal department. <laughs> I miss our legal department. They were really fun. Um, <laughs> speaking of fun, uh, Alan Cumming is also in this. Uh, and... I'm not sure if this is before daddy mode or not. I'm having kind of like a debate in my mind on that. So tell me about daddy coming. I I love Alan coming. My first exposures to Alan coming were this and the Spice World movie. So. (laughs) My God, I've never seen Spice World. He was in Spice World. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. So was me. Love him more. (laughs) Um, I know him from his performance on stage as the MC from Cabaret. So, like, it's really interesting to me knowing him from that first and then coming into Romeo and Michelle and, like, not expecting Alan Cumming at all. And then just getting full-on Alan Cumming, I'm like, oh my god. And then Alan comes. The, the man has range. <laughs> It's actually kind what of coinc- king. <laughs> it's kind of coincidental because the first time I saw him was actually in Reefer Madness the musical. Oh, I forgot. Uh, about that's Reefer amazing. Madness. I love Reefer Madness. So I guess like Bro and I are on the you know same Alan Cumming page. Yeah, like needless to say, when we get to the dance sequence at the end of the movie, like I I wasn't surprised. To see Alan coming dancing, but I was ex- really surprised to see a fully choreographed dance sequence. There has never been a more interpretive dance uh, sequence <laughs> to a Cindy Lauper song than in this movie. I imagine that Cindy Lauper watched this movie and just cried tears of joy. Probably so, like knowing what I know about Cindy Lauper from like. I went and saw Cindy Lauper. Oh, so I have a Cindy Lauper story um, that my mom asked me not to say, so I'm going to say it. Um, Nice. So when I was in high school and I wasn't out yet, um, uh, well, out to my parents, uh, this uh, tour called the True Colors Tour that had the Dresden Dolls and Cindy Lauper and a bunch of other artists uh, in it, one of them dropped out, so we got Erasure, which I didn't know until then, but that was like, Erasure! It's like the gay... Uh uh, Depeche Mode, and I wasn't far <laughs> off on that. Um, what were we talking about? Some uh, we were yeah. talking about Alan Cumming and anyway, um, interpretive dance. 
Alan Cumming wears a lot. There's some impressive makeup and prosthetics in this, especially like the old age makeup was kind of impressive to me. Um, on Alan the Cumming, the plastic surgery, old age makeup. <laughs> I mean, it it looked pretty good. Oh, it was great <laughs> for a, you know for a comedy movie that wasn't like, uh, um, Eddie Murphy and like. 500 different like character suits <laughs> i've seen norbit yeah like this is norbit. like this is the 90s this is like the height of like physical effects before people started figuring out that computers can do everything <laughs> actually that segues great there are a lot of great transitions and shots in this movie um, my favorite probably is going from the club, zooming in on a light, and going out of focus and zooming out of the light next to Romy at work. Um, I was just like, wow, that's really well thought out for, you know, a movie that's supposed to be a silly comedy. <laughs> I think my favorite transition partly because of how snappy it is and how, like, by surprise it took me, is um, when they're talking about... I don't remember his name. Some random dude in in the high school theater program. And Michelle is like, I wonder why... He, <laughs> I wonder why he was never into me. <laughs> and they cut to him, like, staring across <laughs> her on the bleachers at another guy while YMCA <laughs> plays in the background. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is a queer film. <laughs> Why wasn't that guy at the at the reunion though? I don't know. I would have loved to see him and his platonic roommate partner. They were roommates. Um, actually, let's talk about girlfriends real fast because. I'm probably wrong on this, but I can't really think of kind of a portrayal of best friends like this um, in any movies that we've watched. Uh, and there's a song in Tuco and Birdie that I'm really sad has never been like officially mm -hmm. released. It's like a dance remix of the Holland Oats uh Sorry, Garfunkel and Oates like song "Best Friends." It's like "Best Friends, Best Friends, Party with Your Best Friends," and I just that kind of sums up the friendship for me. How do y'all like uh, sort of like their chemistry and their friendship, uh, and what works for you and what doesn't? Well, they're definitely in it for a good time. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> they're gonna get married if they hit thirty. <laughs> Yeah, even though Romy can't stand this, <laughs> the thought of lesbian sex. <laughs> lesbian sex. Ooh. <laughs> what about you, Amelia? I mean, honestly, like, their friendship kind of tracks for me, like, and my girlfriends when we were younger than, like, 28. I think for two 28-year-old women, it would kind of be, like, a weird enmeshed, like, codependent relationship. But if that was, like your college roommate that you were just like 21 and like out partying with, I think it would be very realistic as far as a friendship goes. 
between yeah, two it's, straight girls. <laughs> it's kind of interesting to see how, like, enmeshed they are with each other, even in high school. Yeah. Like, they just click, you know? Some people are like that, you know? Like, Rowan and Amelia. Right, but, like, that, yeah. it, it really seems like that's why they're, they haven't, like, found other relationships and stuff like that, because they've always had each other. Like, why, why do you need a boyfriend when your most fulfilling relationship is with your best friend? <laughs> they're, like, platonic life partners. I could see them being yeah. platonic life partners. Yeah. I mean, they pro- like, I, they'd probably get married, but just, you know, for the insurance. If they didn't they live they down get the street ma- from each other. <laughs> no, they live next door to each other in identical houses. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> they have a they have like one of those like skywalks connecting the two houses in their bedroom just so that they could go and have sleepovers. Have either of you seen the sequel to this? Is there there's a sequel? There yeah, is a sequel, and I haven't seen it. I, I Actually, it was like I was ABC really confused, family. because when I looked up Romy and Michelle, the first result I got was the sequel, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is a second movie. I doubt this is what we're watching. <laughs> what if it was, though? <laughs> what if both of you You're watched like, the wrong movie? Well, I'm just going with there it. are two movies, but the second one is gayer. Wait, <laughs> so wait, we're watching wait, that wait, one wait, first. Where is the sequel? Because the only thing I'm saying on a sequel is a movie that's supposed to come out like this year. There is there is like an ABC uh, movie that is, is direct to TV. Oh yeah. my god! It's a prequel. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I can't find it now. Like now I just like find the there's a film series. Let's see if that's it. Yeah, Romy Michelle in the beginning. And I think yeah. I, I remember Lisa Kudrow um like specifically like promoting it and like giving it her blessing. Um I'm not sure if me Mirish Sorvino did or not, but I know Lisa Kudrow like was really uh, like, yeah, this is gonna be fun. I've seen the script; it's gonna be great, kind of thing. Um, and I mean, how can you go wrong with such stars like? Oh, Nat Faxon's in this. I actually do like him. Um, I take that back. It looks fun. Yeah, it would be it would be interesting because they don't really go in depth into how Romeo and Michelle actually got to know one another. When we meet them in the movie, they're already best friends. Yeah. It's it's kind of like they've always it, it feels like it's almost like a send up of the old, you know, um idea of sort of like the straight man and sort of like the funny man. You know, I think we talked a little bit about it with uh in some like it hot. Sort of like the Abbott and Costello um sort of like dynamic. Um and but this one they're both kind of just wacky. And I think that was that's kind of continued, that trend of like not so much the straight man and the funny man, but like sort of the browned friend. And the zany friend. Yeah. If you need more examples of a straight man and a funny man, uh, listen to any of our Jeff London Week episodes. (laughs) (laughs) You will hear 
a perfect example of me being a straight man despite being very, very unequivocally queer. <laughs> well, you have a simp named Dilbert. Anyway, uh, there's also one named Doggo. I'm just going to go with that. Um, so there's a lot that you can say about this movie, but I think one of the things is just how it sums up, sort of. It feels like... It feels like that moment in the 90s, you know, where it was just like all about like there was the fat, there was like the high concept, like in your face fashion that we had. Uh, There was a renewed sense of sort of like taking the world and showing how successful you are. Um, It was kind of like a boom for like a lot of things. How do you think this movie inspired other comedies and kind of like um pushed forward a lot of sort of like that the ideas of sort of like character driven comedies um i think you forgot the most important 90s detail that this movie introduced which is business women being women doing business <laughs> <laughs> oh no i was gonna bring that up later <laughs> <laughs> what kind of business y'all in <laughs> business 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 uh... business, business <laughs> yay <laughs> there's a movie We're in called the business don't tell of business there's a movie called don't tell mom the baby the sitter's dead starring christina applegate um when she was trying to get out of the ditzy blonde uh, stereotype that she'd been put in because of uh, Married with Children, uh, this one did it. That movie didn't exactly get her out of it, as you can guess from the fact that y'all probably have never seen it. Um, but basically, she fakes her way as a high school student into like an executive of like a fashion. Um, company and it's like the most fascinating thing ever because it's like how do you not see that she's a teenager but that also has like sort of like the idea of um you know business women getting it done you know step on me mommy all of that that kind of like uh press forward but those suits that they had were just like amazing I always imagined as a kid growing up that when I was eventually a businesswoman getting businesswoman specials at diners in weird like roadway stops, uh, that that is exactly what I would look like. And I'm very disappointed that that is not. Can you put your hair in that like tight bun that makes it look like you're trying to stretch your face back? Yes. I want to see. Well, you're halfway there. (laughs) (laughs) All you need is a suit with... With borderline offensive shoulder pads. <laughs> <laughs> shoulder pads that poke eyes out. Um, and a trendy yet sensible pair of heels. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw the heels at the mean girls, you know? So, we, yeah. don't, we don't really have an active antagonist in this, which is something I find interesting like we have uh kind of the breakup and get back together of the best friends you know but we don't really ha- the the pr- the antagonists that we're given are kind of like the 
popular girls, the flick, who get their own comeuppance mostly uh, from not Romy and Michelle, but a member of their group that was like kind of always put down. Um, and there's a lot of characters getting closure in this movie that I kind of appreciate just like the number that we have. Like, yeah, I think um, their bullies made the ultimate mistake, which is marrying your best friend from high school. Uh, what they should have done is what Romy and Michelle did, which is become platonic life partners with your best friend from high school. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like the fact that there really like is no big overarching antagonistic force in this movie. It gives it like a lighter feel and it focuses yeah. more on like the feelings of the main characters, which I think is nice. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just, it makes it, like, goofy, and I think it also, like, makes it feel a little more true to life, right? Like, a little more realistic, because this movie, like, you know, watching it with a more critical eye this time than most of the times I've watched it, like, really just feels like a slice of life. Like, it's a story that could happen to anybody going to their 10-year reunion, which, by the way, I don't think anybody does anymore because we keep up with everybody we give a shit about on Facebook anyways. So, like... So, me and Michelle had point? a Facebook. <laughs> Let's see that movie. I want them with a MySpace. Oh, God. Oh, yes. I, like, 20 in 2022... <laughs> In 2022, when everybody has moved on to Facebook and have started to move off of Facebook, Romy and Michelle discover MySpace and just use it to clown on each other. Romy, who's my top ten besides you? Um, that was a MySpace joke for our younger listeners. That was a thing where you would rank your friends, and I was never <laughs> on any of those lists, but, you know, it's alright, because I had... Uh, glitter plug-in text so yeah. um but yeah like there's there's a lot of closure they get closure with alvin cummings character janine Garofalo gets uh closure with cowboy who uh, i guess finally learns how to talk i guess that's his closure um the He's mean one girls of them silent but deadly types <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I kind of like that this is kind of just like a bunch of characters interacting. That's one of my favorite things. And I, the, the tone and feel of this movie, I had a, like a hard time placing it because it's just kind of its own thing. And then like there was this wave of like indie movies. Like when I started college around like 2007, like Juno. Are you talking about Mumblecore? No, I'm talking about, like, Juno. Um, you know, Juno, The Way, Way Back, like, all of those indie films with, like, handwritten text and, like, rotoscope sketched, like, main characters on the poster. It kind of has, like, a smarter, more intelligently written, like, script than those. But it has the same feel where it's just, like, kind of flowing from, like... 
memory to memory in a way. Scene to scene. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Now that you mention that, like, yeah, this is kind of like almost an anti-movie in the way that it's written. It's just... But yeah. smarter than Juno. I was listening to the soundtrack for Juno last night. Funny enough. <laughs> By that I mean I was listening to Kimia Dawson, actually, not the soundtrack for Juno, but you know, same thing. I wonder how, <laughs> I wonder how long this movie would uh, be if you cut out, like, the flashbacks and the entire fantasy sequence. Like, 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> be like 40 minutes. <laughs> it's a pilot. Um. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't really like that this movie kind of focuses on the feeling. You know what I mean? It's not like, there's a plot, but it's not about that, really. Uh <laughs> The high school reunion is just, like, a vessel for Romy and Michelle to, like, affirm their friendship and, like, commit to becoming (laughs) platonic life partners. (laughs) Honestly, it's a vessel for them to, like, kind of grow up and, like, you know, be their own people, I think, in a lot of ways. Even though they do end up, like, opening a store together, but, like, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways from this movie and even though it's only an hour and a half long movie with like you know not that much of like a a movie-esque plot one thing that this movie definitely has is character development because throughout the movie we see like both Romy and Michelle kind of like grow as people whether it's from high school to like the current day or the current day to like the future where they're actually business women who own their own store (laughs) you know (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you don't necessarily... They manifested it. You don't necessarily have to have, like, a straightforward, um, you know, plot as long as you have interesting characters and good character arcs, you know? Yeah. Um, And a multimillionaire who's, like, in love with you. I would. You can forgo a lot of character growth when you have a multimillionaire who's in love with you and willing to finance your stupid dreams. (laughs) The thing I took away from this movie that, like, I really like, because, like, I, I think... I'd like to think, at least, maybe it's just me. A lot of us who maybe had like a harder time in high school kind of like the fantasy of like going back to your high school even before watching this and like being like i'm so successful or going back to some place more successful than you were maybe you're thinking of quitting your job in a few weeks and you just want to feel good about yourself (laughs) with the looming uncertainty of your future in the works um or maybe you're just going back to your ten year high school anniversary or you realize that you weren't even invited to it. It could be any of those that happened to me. Um, but I really like the idea that it shatters the notion that you have to impress the people you grew up with. And instead of finding your own happiness in the people around you and the people you like. 
remember kids, success is a competition and you're losing. (laughs) But I mean, I think that's such a big, like, an important takeaway from this movie, right? Because as silly as it is and all this stuff, like, you know, like, who, who the fuck are you really trying to impress? Like, Romeo and Michelle are almost 30 like, the people that they looked up to in high school that were super popular or whatever, like, for the most part, are literally stuck in the same hometown, like, pregnant three times over by, like, the shitty jock from high school that, like, is has an alcohol problem and, like, is just cheating on you, you know? Like, and meanwhile, like, yeah, you know, you're not doing anything that's, like, world shifting like you're not gonna you know solve world hunger or anything but like shit like you're living in LA having like the time of your life and like still enjoying life so like whatever like who cares if you can live and if you can work and pay your rent in LA like that's that's arguably more impressive than being like a weather girl in Ohio Utah in my opinion no offense to the weather girls, but yeah. like L.A. rent, you know, um, especially It'll for their kill apartment. <laughs> especially in their apartment. <laughs> um, do you have any favorite like side characters or jokes from this movie? I mean, Janine Garofalo, obviously. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> Please don't tell me to fuck off because it really hurts my feelings. I hurt your feelings. I would be happy to sign your yearbook. I do like the yearbook. Okay, first of all, first of all, I love that. What's her name? What's the name of the girl who said that uh, to Jenny Garofalo? I cannot remember for the life of me. Toby. Who? Toby. Toby. I love that Toby now has like the emotional like maturity to like voice that (laughs) to someone who used to make her life hell in high school like that's amazing first of all and second of all I think my favorite visual gag in the movie like the one that I had to rewind again and again and again to watch is the fact that they green screen the top of that limo and then just had Toby pop in and be like, hey guys, you better come in. We're about to do the vote. Grin, slide away creepily. Where is the rest of your body, Toby? That moment has stuck with me. Like, I had, okay. Real life fun time story. I had uh, to report to jury duty today, and the whole time I was sitting there waiting for them to call my name so I could go up and not be called to be on a jury. The only thing I could think of the entire time was fucking Toby sliding off the top of that limo. I really like when they do the flashback to the science fair. Like they they put like they cake makeup on like Alan Cumming, like right, um, and and they don't do anything to Toby except put braces on her. It's like they they work so much to make everyone else look like younger in the flashbacks, and Toby they just like here's some braces. Um, actually really sick quick side um so i know park i know amelia and i love parker posey like religiously 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go on. And so in um in one of I think it was Best in Show. Uh one of Jamie Lee Curtis's husband's movies. Uh she her her character had it up braces and she didn't like how she sounded with the fake braces on so she actually got braces like it put like installed in her teeth and stuff by that's amazing just because she didn't like she didn't think the lisp was like <laughs> real enough um but um yeah that's the braces story um that's yeah. dedication got to love it <laughs> I really, it's so, it's so silly, but I really like the lady, the scene where like Romy hears about the high school reunion and the lady comes up and she's like, finally, (laughs) she's like, and she's trying to get a car and just Romy goes like, wait a second. And she calls Michelle just right in front of her. Um, and I also like the joke about like her just making up stuff about like Ramon. Um, <laughs> you are Columbus yeah. and I am America. Discover, Discover me. <laughs> <laughs> they must have had like a freaking amazing time writing this. I will say that. Like, because like this is just like joke after joke after joke, like almost rapid fire and comedic idea after comedic idea. This is probably one of the fastest paced movies we've seen when it comes to comedy. I didn't even think um, about that. Yeah. <laughs> also, did you know turning Japanese isn't about masturbation? Um, so I think. Do you where do you find in this movie queerness besides the obvious gay guy? And where can you see um sort of this being sort of a queer cult classic? I mean, I think you know, going back to like the platonic like life partner thing, um I think that wasn't, like, as much of a thing that people talked about in, like, the 90s, but I think that is something that now, especially, like, the last couple of years, a lot more people have been vocal about, and it's typically people in the queer community. Um, You know, but, like, obviously, like, Romy and Michelle are not queer, right? Like, they're obviously straight, except that they're... Until they turn 30. (laughs) Until they're in a threesome, (laughs) I guess, with, like, Sandy Frank. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I think there's queer-coded characters, like Janine Garofalo, even though she lusts after Sandy Frank, like, nothing in the world will make me think that Janine Garofalo is straight ever, so. And and she gets busy with a cowboy (laughs) in the bushes. You know, go you. There's a lot of, like, queer-coding. Yeah. It's not outright, but, like... It's one of those, like, if you sniff hard enough, you can smell it. (laughs) It's not on the top layer, but, like, it's there. It's there, yeah. Is there anything else y'all would like to talk about? Um, I mean, (laughs) 
how much I actually love the song turning Japanese. Like, it's kind of a bop. <laughs> Speaking of, like, the soundtrack, um, there's the a soundtrack lot of... soundtrack is amazing! <laughs> there's a lot of use of, like, the same song for effects, which you don't see that much in movies. It's usually, like, if they play the same song, it's a different version of it. And I really liked how they utilized, like, uh, using the same song over and over again to show, like, growth or show contrast or anything like that. Except for, except for No Doubt, I'm Just a Girl. I, they just use that twice for, like, not really a reason. Yeah. I guess they just couldn't get another song on their budget. Did you guys song, know? Though, so I have no problem with Did that. you guys know that Gwen Stefani is just a girl? <laughs> She's just a like, girl into a you would look at, cultures. You would look at her. You would look at her and think that she's a grown ass woman, but no. She's just a girl. To be fair, I'm Conversely. pretty sure. To be fair, I'm pretty sure when she wrote that she was like probably a teenager cuz no doubt got big like when they were fairly young. Yeah, Conversely, no, did you know that Chaka Khan is every woman? <laughs> Do you believe? Every woman except Gwen Stefani, because, again, Gwen Stefani is just a girl. <laughs> what is the weird Cher song that has, like, her in, like, a paper wig? It's like, it, it was like, uh, uh, Cher did her own, uh, Who Run the World Girls. I don't know about this. <laughs> bad gay. It's a, a woman's world. I'm a bad gay. <laughs> um, it's it's called okay, woman's so world. Okay, so I have a serious question, actually. If Chaka Khan is every woman, is every woman also Chaka Khan? No. Is it like one of those all... all reg- no, all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares situation. Yes. <laughs> are you sure, Amelia? Like are you are you not are you not Chaka Khan? Like <laughs> I am not, no. When the the last time you checked you weren't Chaka Khan, you were having <laughs> like jamming out to tell me something good in the bathroom or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nano's playing synth in the background and I can't keep it together. <laughs> well, I think that pretty much sums up this uh, movie. <laughs> We've had a great discussion. I'm very still kind of depressed from today, but you know, it'll be better. So, let's just some of our feelings. Um, so, Amelia, d- does this movie make you feel like you're just a girl or should we excuse you because you've cut your foot and your shoe is filling up with blood um i love this movie we should definitely watch it and you should definitely make a soundtrack for a movie that i will make someday with that synth. <laughs> bro does this movie make you want to fake having sex with someone for a car or not have sex with someone and make your own business suit? Um, both? (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I, I do, like, in all seriousness, I do love this movie. It's, it's great. <laughs> um, it's light, it's fluffy, it's silly in all the right places. It doesn't take itself super seriously. Like, there's no reason to not just dive headfirst into this movie. <laughs> Well, that's what we I'd think, but if you've seen this like movie or end up watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Kapod, that's G-O-I-E-C-A-P-O-D. Uh, we're always looking for new suggestions if you have them, and we can't wait to watch more movies with you. I'm Nato Kitsch, reminding you that life is an unending cycle of depression, and you can't win.